This is the Data Privacy Detective, and today we're going to talk about ransomware. And uh, we have with us as my guest today, Greg Edwards. Greg, uh, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for having me. You're uh, there in the great state of Iowa, and I understand you're a serial tech entrepreneur. Been doing this for since 1998. Uh, you were in disaster recovery for uh, for a time, and that went well, I think. Yep. And then. Uh, well, how'd you get into ransomware? What was that, about uh, 2016? Yeah, so actually from the disaster recovery company. So I, I started an offsite backup and disaster recovery company, and we were seeing so many ransomware attacks. Actually, 20% of our client base had to do full-on recoveries because of ransomware, ransomware. Uh, yeah. between 2012 and uh, 2015. And so that that's really what started my interest in ransomware and then and building the current company that I own. Yeah, and ransomware really goes back to the what the late uh, 1980s perhaps. It's, it's it does. Around. Yeah, so ransomware has been around for a long time but it really took off in 2012 with the advent of cryptocurrency and and bitcoin specifically. Most ransoms are paid in some kind of cryptocurrency and mostly in bitcoin. And it's a business for the thieves. They want to be paid. And in general, would you say they do then release their grip on a, a systems a system? They do. And that actually has improved. I, I don't know if that's the right way to, <laughs> to say it, but... Crime uh, has improved. Okay. <laughs> they've uh, refined their business model and provide better customer service. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And what do you see? Now, we're, we're recording this in November 2020. And uh, is, is it on the rise, ransomware attacks? How would you describe it? Absolutely. And maybe and maybe we should give the uh, the listeners kind of a, a basic level understanding of what ransomware is. What a great uh, idea. How does it start? Yeah, so, does, yeah. so fundamentally... Ransomware, all it is, is utilizing encryption like you would use. There's applications like 7-Zip or WinZip that a user you know, could use for good to encrypt and, and hold their files. Yeah, so we may no do that to protect our own privacy in a company or individual, right? Ab absolutely. And so what these attackers have done is taken that technology and reversed it on us. And so they will encrypt your files and then hold them for ransom and not give you that that password, that decryption key unless you pay for it. So the files yeah. in a in a traditional ransomware attack, those files are encrypted and still sitting on your system, but you can't open them. And that's yeah, exactly that's all it is. so it's, they're kidnapping your information system basically by by that technique. How do they get in there usually? Is it uh, an, an employee gets fished or? Uh, yeah, so 67% so of the time still, it's through a phishing email. Um, yeah. So an employee gets an email, actually just dealt with one of these last week uh, with a, a, a different law firm uh, that they, one of the employees had gotten an email with a Word document attachment. The document was malicious. They opened it, it ran it. Yep. And it's <laughs> off to the races. And luckily, our product was installed and stopped it right what away. What are you seeing? It... Uh, and of course, now there's ransomware insurance you can buy and organizations are doing that, I suppose. What, what kind of costs are you seeing these days? 
Yeah. So, uh, so Beasley Insurance is, is one insurance company that's heavily into cybersecurity insurance and ransom insurance specifically. And in 2019, their average ransom paid was $338,700. So this is a lucrative business for the thieves. Very lucrative. Uh, we actually, we hired an employee last, um, last year that his, he was the IT admin for a city in Florida. Uh, and that city actually paid a $460,000 ransom. So these ransom amounts are, have, have ramped up. I mean, early on when I first started seeing them, they were in the hundreds of dollars and that quickly escalated up um, and now is in the hundreds of thousands. And actually Garmin this past summer reportedly, I haven't seen an official report from Garmin yet, but reportedly Garmin paid a $10 million ransom. $10 million. Well, it depends what's at stake. Uh, where are you seeing the key targets today? Um, so actually government is government entities are the number one target, but then it's spread across lots of different industries. Um, healthcare is is definitely a target. The FBI just issued a warning and I, you know, healthcare is still lower on the list of total percentages of successful attacks. Actually, but they have to have your access to medical records. They'd be desperate if, if this happened yeah, to them. Absolutely. There was um, there was a hospital on the East Coast hospital system on the East called coast called UHS that was hit in early October and basically used pen and paper for two weeks. Um, and, the, and the thinking behind why healthcare is being targeted more right now is because of, unfortunately, because of the COVID pandemic. I mean, they think that the attackers think that they'll be more likely to pay and, you know, obviously want access to their system quicker. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's horrible. It's a life and death situation. Yeah, can yeah. be, can be. Yep. Now, are we seeing more and more sophistication among ransomware thieves? Absolutely. So there's a couple of different things. So there's uh, now what's called ransomware as a service, and this has been around for a while. Oh, so, so I can buy uh, buy this kit. Uh, can I go up there <laughs> absolutely. and be a thief myself? <laughs> so, so <laughs> not Joe, a recommendation, by the way. Not at all, but but yeah, absolutely, Joe. You could go on the dark web and download, sign up for uh, ransomware service, and become an attacker in you know in a in a matter of. I, I've always said I could um, teach teach one of my uh, grandkids how to be a ransomware attacker. Good heavens, it's like that. And I understand yeah. now it's moved to file less attacks. Yeah, so we actually did a uh, demystifying fileless ransomware way back in 2017. Um, and what fileless basically means is that the attackers are using what we call a live off the land kind of an attack. So they're not actually even installing anything on the machine. They're just using a scripting language that's already native um, and trusted by the user and by the machine, and then leveraging that scripting language to run their attack and don't have to install anything. And so that's what gets past the antivirus because there's nothing to detect. 
Well, we've been talking about the attackers, but let's turn to defenders. Uh, I, I, you started uh, a firm crypto stopper. And, and what do you do to lower the risk uh, uh, of, of a ransomware attack? Yeah. So our, our product, Crypto Stopper, uses what's called deception technology. So we basically deploy bait files throughout a, a desktop, laptop, or network environment. Kind of like a rat trap, it sounds like. <laughs> exactly. So there's some bait out there. Okay. Yep. And then what happens? Yep. So once that attack is detected, and this happens in less than a second. So 77% um, of the successful ransomware attacks are on systems that have fully up-to-date antivirus. So yeah. that's really important for why CryptoStopper is so needed because the CryptoStopper product is designed to catch and stop that attack once it gets past all the other defenses. So you use what a watcher file or, or something? Yep. To, yep. Yeah. We mm -hmm. yep. We use watcher files that are deployed again um, strategically throughout the network uh, to detect and stop that ransomware attack once it's running on the on the network already. And I mean, at that point, if they don't, if people don't have a product like CryptoStopper, then they're going to be relying on their backups or um, paying the ransom. And I think I'm right. A lot of the antivirus software, you know, it, it has its purpose, but it won't necessarily stop a, a ransomware attack. Yeah, exactly. And, and the way that, that I explain it to people is that, I mean, antivirus has never been 100%. It's signature-based, so it has to recognize the attack before it comes through. It's like a, a vaccine, you know, you have to be vaccine yeah. and you have to have it before you're exposed. And so if, and, and there are thousands and thousands of iterations of these viruses coming out every single day. So the signature-based antivirus just can't keep up, has never been able to keep up. It's just now that with ransomware, it's so much more devastating. It used to be if you got a virus on your machine, it would slow things down. I mean, you did have to worry about data being exfiltrated and you know, your private data being stolen. Um, but those attacks prior to 2012 typically were not where they lock every file you have and lock you yeah. out of your system. They just cause some other kind of slowness issue or, or well, what you have can't, you. Uh, can't afford to have that happen. Now, are, are we seeing a transition beyond just ransomware? I mean, I've heard the word exfiltration used. What's that about? Yeah, so, so as the user, you know, ha as companies have become more sophisticated, then the attackers are just changing their their profile of what they're doing. So started out, they would just encrypt the data, hold it for ransom and hope that the company didn't have a good backup. They didn't really uh, take and, the data. They just froze it for a bit. Yeah, exactly. They just froze it. Well, then they started attacking the backups as well as the, the files on the system. So then somebody would get attacked and their files and their backups would be destroyed. So more likely to get paid. Well, companies have continued to evolve and gotten better backups and gotten those offsite. Um, and now what they've switched to is encrypting the data, trying to destroy the backups, and exfiltrating the data. So what exfiltration is, is, is essentially just copying it from the system that it's on to um, to one of their command and control. And then selling it along in the... It, yeah. yeah, so, there, so and, and part of the reason that that change also has happened and that they're 
not only you know encrypting the files locally, holding that for ransom, but then they're holding that data that they've exfiltrated and said, either pay us or we'll go make this public and go sell it. And part of the reason that they've also made that change is that, as you probably know, there's so much of this data for sale on the dark web that that in an individual's users, individual human person's personally identifiable information isn't hardly worth anything anymore because there's so much of it out there. So much information, Axiom, uh, maybe the, the company that holds most uh, more personal data than even Google or Facebook perhaps, says it has 1,500 points of information about each one of us for sale, for a legitimate sale. That's a legitimate business, not a dark web business. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. let me ask you this. Um, are, are, are the authorities able to stop this? Are the police coming to the rescue? So, so unfortunately, <laughs> not very well. Um, I've talked to several FBI agents over my career, um, and it, most of these attacks are coming from countries where we don't have extradition treaties with. Uh, so even when we when we are able to track it back to an individual criminal organization, and these are these are criminal organizations. They're not a hoodie hacker sitting in his mom's basement anymore. They're criminal organizations, um, and they operate out of countries where we don't have extradition treaties. So law enforcement has very little. Interpol uh, may have limited uh, it, effectiveness. Yeah, yeah, and there are there have been arrests made, um, but it's it's a game of whack-a-mole. I mean, it's so profitable for these attackers that even taking one or two down here and there has so little impact. Well, for a business, uh, Greg, besides looking at uh, maybe uh, what your company offers, what, what what are the top tips you'd have for a business or a governmental entity about uh, dealing with this problem? So the number one thing that I would tell people to do, and this is even above our product, our product is an add-on that people should do even after they've done some of these other basic things. So the very basic thing that people should do is patch management. And what I mean by that is updating the software and the operating system of all of the devices on the network. That's how when these phishing attacks come through, that's how a Microsoft Word or Adobe Acrobat, that's how they're leveraged to be able to let those attacks in. So by simply patching, making sure everything is up to date, you can, you can take that away from those attackers. So even if a user does open a malicious file, if what it's trying to open in is up to date and secure, then it can't get through. So patch management, number one, um, having antivirus that's up to date. I know we've talked that that isn't, isn't the cure-all, um, but absolutely making sure antivirus is up to date and then backups. Making sure you have a backup, that it's an off-site backup that has its own password. Separate from your own system. Separate, yeah, exactly. yep, separate from your system. Um, and then beyond that, CryptoStopper, of course. So <laughs> I, Well, I understood. And I understand you have on your website a uh, kind of a free resource for individuals. So I, I assume individuals are less susceptible because they're less likely to pay huge amounts of money, but uh, they're, they're not immune from attacks. Would I be right? 
Correct. Yep. Yep. So our, our primary business is is business to business and protecting companies, but we do also have uh, a home user version that's free to download and people can put that on their individual PCs because um, the, in the attacks, you know, way back in early um, 2010s and 2012, we're more attacking individuals. That's now changed to businesses because they're making more money, but um, individuals are still susceptible and, and still can be attacked. Very good. Well, Greg, you've given us a wonderful tour of this ransomware problem, which obviously uh, jeopardizes uh, the individual privacy that we all hope to have about our data. So I, I really appreciate it. Any last tips uh, for individuals? So I would say do those do those three things that I said. Make sure you patch and update. Make sure your antivirus is update. Make sure you've got backups. There you go. Well, I will thank you very much, Greg, for being with us today. And as I have a lot, as I always close our episodes, remember, protecting your personal data begins with you. <laughs>